Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. Just a second here. I was going to tuck this in my pocket, but didn't want to mess with the antenna. Well... Um, sorry, Janet couldn't be with us this morning. She picked up something through the week. You know, it's, it's wintertime, and you know how stuff goes around. And, and uh, she was just, for the last few days, has been kind of coughing and just all of that. And, and uh, she would love to come and share with you, but, but not share her germs. So, so she was staying at home. Well, hey, I want to talk to you from um, uh, the book of Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah is, is one of the minor prophets, and, and if you have your Bibles, if you want to read, um, you know, you kind of go in the middle of the Old and the New Testament. You have Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. Malachi is the last book of the uh, Old Testament. And Zechariah is right in front, right before Malachi. So um, that's, um, that's where you can find Zechariah. And uh, I'm, I'm specifically going to preach to you from Zechariah chapter 4. L- let me tell you why this prophet is there. Zechariah is a prophet, and he, he's connected with another prophet whose name is Haggai. And those two things, they, they have a similar message. It's a completely different style, but those two are, are preaching at the same time and kind of get this message from God and share to God's people. And here's what's going on. Here's why God wants to get a message to his people. Um, the nation of Israel, they have, they have been in exile and uh, because of their disobedience, God had, had sent them into exile. They were, they were removed from their, their nation. They were removed from their neighborhoods and their towns and their homes and, and to a, a distant country. And they repented, and God restored them to come home. And it was about 50 years or so, and, um, and they, were, they were back home. And, you know, I don't know if 50 years Sounds like a long time. There was a time in my life where 50 years would have, it might as well have been 5,000 years. You know, the older I get, 50 years, it's like, oh, 50 years, that's not that long. You know, you think here we are in, in 2023, and um, <laughs> well, on the, on the drive up this morning on the radio, there was Casey Kasem's uh, Top 40 from 1974. That was about 50 years ago, friends. That was about 50 years ago. And uh, some of the songs they were doing, I'm like, oh, I remember that. That doesn't seem that long ago. And, um, you know, 50 years. But they have been in exile for 50 years. You know what is a long time? It's when you've been gone. And um, when they come home, their homes and neighborhoods and towns had, had just been, you know, unmaintained. And kind of nature took them back over. Things were not good. Um, there's something, if you don't keep up on things, imagine what 50 years does. Um, our next door neighbor, um, had moved and I I forget what time of the year they moved, but they, they were, the house sat there for about six months. And, um, I'm going to tell you something, you know, nature will take something over in, in not too long. It was amazing. The yard and the, uh, and the things out front and just all of this stuff and what was going on. In just a, a matter of months. Imagine being gone 50 years. So they came back though, but they were so excited. God's people were so glad to be home. 
And they're like, you know what? We're going to get this changed. We're going to get this. And they worked hard. They, they, they fixed their homes, and they, and they fixed their businesses, and they fixed their towns, and they worked hard. Well, one thing that needed fixed and was very, very important, it was the temple of God. Um, the temple of God had been destroyed. And so they worked hard to, to put the temple of God back in place. Now, you've got to understand something when it comes to the temple of God in the Old Testament. We can't just take temple of God and, and take an equal sign and then say church building, because it's not the same thing. In the Old Testament, if you ask people, where does God dwell? What did they say? Well, in the temple. That's where the Holy of Holies happened. That's where sacrifices took place. That's where on and on and on. Now, today, if you said, where does God dwell? What would we say? Yeah, in me. In fact, the New Testament even says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, as much as we love our church, as much as we love this building and, and the things that go on here in the worship, this is not the temple of God. When we leave this church, do we leave the presence of God? Absolutely not. God goes with us and God lives within us through his Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, that was different. The temple of God was the presence of, 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 of the Lord. And, and all of these things took place. And it was, it was so important. And they worked hard on the temple of God to, to get it you know, put back in place and get whatever. But what happens with big jobs is we get tired and we get discouraged and we get frustrated and we quit. And that's what had happened here with God's people. So the message God gave to Zechariah and gave to Haggai is you need to tell the people, don't quit, don't give up. You've got to finish what you've started. In other words, what, what they had done and what the message was, the people had just kind of settled. They'd said, they haven't, you know, it wasn't like you would say, have you quit? Have you given up? They would say, no, it's, it's not that, but we've just kind of got comfortable in a way that we've, we've settled. Things aren't great, but they're not terrible, and, and we're just kind of right here. And they've settled. As God's message is, we, we can never just settle. We can never just find this place that's like, eh, here we go. Um, you know what it's like to settle? You, you know what I'm talking about? You know, we're here at the 1st of February. And um, here's one of the things about settling is, uh, I don't know if anybody makes New Year's resolutions. You know, I'm looking around. A lot of times like, yeah, not anymore. You know, what's the use? What's the use? But, you know, we make New Year's resolutions. And, and you know, we start out the new year. Oh, I'm good at this, and I'm good at this, and this is going to be so much better, and I'm going to want to. And here we are in February. And it's like, eh, you know, I said I wasn't going to eat donuts and sweets. Well, maybe I just won't do it every day. You know, how's that? Um, yeah, I know I wanted to lose a little weight and, and get a little healthier. Mm. You know, you know what I'm saying. It's just like, well, just kind of, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to settle in, you know, until something major happens. Until some, and that's kind of what had happened with God's people. I mean, they were in exile. That's pretty bad. They got to come home, and then they're just like right here. 
And God's like, no, no, friends, my children, life is so much better. The potential is so much higher, and you can't just settle. Well, God, God gives this vision to Zechariah. And Zechariah is, um, you know, it's kind of like the book of Revelation, that there's all these visions that happen, and you see these things, and you're like, you know, what does this mean? What is this? And then God explains some of it, and we kind of understand some of it, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, this makes sense. Well, I want to read you one of these visions, and it's in Zechariah chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And let me talk to you a little bit about this vision, and um, kind of what God is saying to us, the church, out of this vision, if there's ever been a time where we've just kind of settled in. Here's what it says. Then the angel who talked with me returned and wakened me as a man is wakened from his sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it, with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on the left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And he answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So here, here, here's what the angel shows. Um, here's what the angel shows. There's this, this vision. There's this big gold lampstand. Imagine, you know, a large base. And then this, this single column that comes up. The single gold column that comes up. And then on the top of the column... There's this large bowl, this large gold bowl on the top of this lampstand. And then around the edge of that gold bowl, there's seven more gold bowls. So you got one large gold bowl and then seven bowls that are on the edge of it. And those seven smaller bowls that are along the edge, they, they have... Um, um, call them like pinches, you know, the, the, the word that said channels, but you know how like on glass, certain glass, you see pinches on the edge of it that are decorative? Well, that's what's on this edge of these seven goals. So you have one large bowl at the top of the lampstand. you have seven smaller bowls along the rim or along the edge, and each of those seven bowls has seven pinches on it. And what those are for, then there's like wicks, like candle wicks, you know, that are on those. So you got 49, you know, candle um, wicks around the edge. You got all of that around that. And, and, and the guy looks at it, you know, Zechariah looks at it, and the angel shows it to him, and he says, you know, do you see this? Do you understand what this is? And what does Zechariah say? No. <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is a big lamp, but... I don't know what it means. And the angel's like, don't you see? Don't you see? No. I don't. So then the angel begins to explain to him. And he says, and he begins to explain the vision. Because, you know, Zechariah has this confusion. Oh, on each side, there, there's a tree. There's an olive tree, you know, on the right side and an olive tree on the on the left side, which just kind of adds to the confusion. Well, when I, when we talk about, you know, 
this candle, let's call it a candle, this lamp, what comes to your mind when I say candle or lamp? Right. That's the first thing that comes to our mind. Light. Light. Okay, so the message of this vision is light. That when Zechariah looks at this lamp, is there light? No. It's a lamp, it's a candle, but there's no light. What do you think about when, when you think about, you'd see it, something like that, but there's no light. It's like its whole purpose. There's only one purpose for that lamp or that candle, right? Only one purpose, to give light. But there's no light. Now, what do you think, kind of just in dialogue, what, what do you think that candle, I mean, yes, it's light, but who do you think that candle represents? It was actually the people. You know, the people are, that's what that represents. And, and they, they, were, they were created for light. But, but there is no light. You know, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, remember what he talked about? He talked about salt and light in, in, the, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, that, um, you know, the, the church, God's people, are the light of the world. And you don't take a light and put it under, you know, put a basket over it. But that light shines. But the message in this is different. It's like there's, yeah, I mean, we're the light of the world. But there is no light. Because by ourselves, there's no light. You can't create light. You can't make it happen. If, if, if our world which we're told over and over in Scripture, our world is in darkness. And if there's going to be light, you know, it, it can't be just us. We can't, we can't sing light into existence. We can't be good and, and have light come into existence. Light doesn't come from you and me. That's the thing. Over and over and over, people have tried to create light in the world, and they failed over and over and over. Just coming to church doesn't create light. Putting up buildings doesn't create light. Where does the light come from? Well, the first thing the angel says is he doesn't tell us where it comes from, but he tells us where it doesn't come from. And he said, it's not by might. It's not by might. Now, the Hebrew word for might is, is uh, it's about resources, it's about power, it's about force, it's about, it's about you know, the, the things that, you know, resources, again. So, you know, you can't, you can't just be in charge and order light to happen. You know, let me give you some real, um, just tangible things. Light doesn't come from money. And what I mean, I'm, I'm talking specifically, sometimes as a church, it's like, oh, if we just have more money, we can be more effective as a church. If we just have more money, because if we have more money, if we could do this, and we could do this, and we could we can make this happen, and we can make that happen, we just need more money. If, 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 you know, people would give more, if people, money would, money would make everything happen. 
But money doesn't bring light. You know what else doesn't bring light? And, and I, well, we, we've kind of come out of this a little bit. And, and you'll see what I mean. When it, and, but we're about to enter into something with it. But politics doesn't bring light. I mean, there are times where it's like, oh, if we could just get the right person elected, if we could get the right person in power, if we, we could just get Christians, then, then everything would change, everything. You know, let, me, let me tell you a little story about that. Um, I, was, I was a young pastor, and um, we, um, in, a, in a small town, just a little town, and we had this, we had this video store that, that came to town, you know, and and, and in our little town, I don't think there was a video store, but this video store came to town, and, and, and it was on this one corner, and they built it, and, and it was like, oh, you know, they got enough videos and whatever. Well, once it got built, you found out it had a back room. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? And it was like, oh, this is not good. We don't want this in our town. And so, you know, our, the pastors of our town, we got together every month, and we had a you know, we had a minister's meeting, and we began to talk about that. Oh, this is not good. This is not good. We need to, you know, we need to talk to these people. We don't want this in our town. And so we talked to the people, and, and they were like, yeah, well, tough luck. This is what we do. You know, we make money off of it. You know, deal with it. And we didn't like that. Well, one of the pastors said, hey, I know, I know, um, I know this person, and, and they were from the Cincinnati area, and they're like, family value, kind of blah, 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 and they know how to fight this stuff and get this taken out. Let's bring some people up, and they can talk to us about how we can legislate this, and we're going to have to talk to city council, and you know, if city council won't listen, you know what that means. We're just going to have to get some new people elected into city council. There was this whole process, and, and oh, we're going to do all of this, and, and, and we're going to run that out of town, and, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't do anything, but something something... Something was just on my heart about this. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe there's a back room and it stays there because we as churches aren't doing our part. And it isn't that we're not fighting. But if the hearts of people changed, maybe there wouldn't be a demand for what's in that back room. Maybe if people got saved and people got sanctified, and, and, and they, they, their hearts were cleansed and changed. Light came into them. Well, then this wouldn't exist because people wouldn't want it. And I thought, okay, we can, we can fight through politics, but that doesn't solve the problem. Because the problem is not a political one. It's not a policy, you know. It's a, it's a heart issue. And you see, we're, we're never going to solve spiritual issues through politics. Spiritual issues have to be resolved spiritually. But there's something about us. It's by might. It's money's going to solve our problems. Politics is going to solve our problems. We're, we're going to fight this. We're going to... But light never comes through might. Here's the other thing. It's not by might, nor by power. And the Hebrew word empower is this idea of, of like 
um, effort, resoluteness, how much we're trying. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, you know, if, if, if there's no light, you know what we need to do? We need to, we need to just try harder, just make it happen. And, and it's like, can you imagine that, that, you know, that candle, that lamp, okay, and you know, it's got the big bowl and the seven bowls and the seven pinches around it, and there's no light, and it's like, you know, just yell at it. That's why we don't have light, you know, give light, ah, and there's nothing. You know what I'm not doing? I'm not yelling loud enough. I need to yell louder. Light, ah, still no light. I need more people. Let's just yell together, and you just, ah, we're not trying, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, you hear that and you're like, that's just silly. That's being dumb, you know? But so much in life, that's what it is. We're just not working hard enough. We're not what? And if, and if something's not happening, we just try it harder. We just, but light doesn't come that way. Now, if you go over to Haggai, here's what he told the people. Haggai's like, you know, everyone, because people were working hard. It wasn't like, you know, when I say they've settled, it isn't like that they've just like taken naps all day and doing that. They're working hard. But nothing's happening. There's nothing to show for it. And Haggai says, you know, it's like this. You, you eat. You eat and eat and eat. But you're never full. You, you stay hungry. You're cold and you, and you put on all these clothes, but... But you know what? You, you never get warm. You, you fill your pockets with, with money. You fill them and fill them and fill them. But it's like there's holes because it just, it just falls out. And you never have anything. You eat and you're never full. You, you, you put on warm clothes, but, but you're always cold. You fill your pockets with money, but you're always broke. It just, it never works another way of saying it's not by might nor by power and there's times like for us in the church we're like oh you know i i know how we could reach people if we if we just um yeah i want to be careful here because you know we're we have good people in our churches we have good people but 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 it's hard to learn this i was in a church one time and and, and, you know, this one person said, you know, I just believe if we paved our parking lot, our church would double. I just know it. Someone once said it was just all about our parking lot. And if we had a nicer parking lot, all these people would come to our church. And I'm thinking, no, they're not. They're not going to come to your church. Oh, if we just had a new sign. One church told me, they said, oh, you know what? I just know how our church would grow, but we don't have the money for it. We just need nicer bathrooms. They were so sincere. If we just had nicer bathrooms, we know so people would come to our church. And I'm thinking, no, they won't. You know what's missing in your church? Light. And bathrooms are wonderful. And a nice parking lot is, is wonderful. But nobody's getting saved and sanctified because of concrete or asphalt, Right? You know what people are hungry for in this world? Light. And the angel said, it's not by power. It's not by might. 
It's by my spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. It's by my spirit. You know where life comes from? The spirit of God. Not by stuff. Not by, not by trying harder. It's by my spirit. And, and, and in that vision, one thing that, you know, he couldn't figure out, you had that lamp. But then you had these trees. You had these two trees here. What are the trees? What are the trees? Well, they're these olive trees. I don't know. I, I got out some Bible commentaries because I'm like, what are the trees? What are the trees? Well, here's what the Bible commentary tells me. That, that what they were, one tree represented the, the king and the, other, and the other tree represented the high priest. And they said, in the commentary, it said, it's, you know, really interesting because in other places, when it talks about a king or the high priest, they're actually named. But here in this vision, they're not named. And it's because it's not saying that this king is going to solve your problem or this priest. No, it's not. It's actually talking about a priest and a king that is to come. And who would that be? It's Jesus. He's the perfect king and the perfect high priest in one. It's not two separate people. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that brings light. Jesus is the one. And the Holy Spirit continues to flow. And as the oil from those trees come, as the oil flows in, there's, there's, it, we're able to have light. And it isn't from, again, we don't buy the oil we don't work harder at the oil. It comes from God. Do you know what we need, church? Do you know what we need, congregation? It's the Spirit of God that moves and that flows and that makes a difference. God and the power of the Lord is just its something that we can't manufacture. It's something that we can't buy. It's something that God brings to us. You know, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know, last week, um, you know, I came and, and Gail mentioned to me, she was just saying, oh, pastor, it, it just seems like there's been, you can feel it. She goes, the spirit of God has been moving in our church. You can feel it. Well, did you buy it? No. I mean, did you, did you, did you work harder at it? No. It's the power of the Lord. And when we come to God and we pray and we, and, we, and we seek after God, God sends his spirit. You know, amazing things happen when we connect with God. You know, something our church used to do, I told you, we had, you know, we're in a small town and, and, and um, we would prayer walk our community every year. And what I mean by that is, is we would get a map of our town. We'd go to the chamber of commerce and we get maps and we put them up and we had teams and and um and and we had teams of three and they would walk the neighborhoods and pray for every home and every business and for the schools for every of the parks the community every we would pray for everyone because we just believe that there should not be anyone in our town that is not being prayed for you know there used to be a time and i'm kind of getting off track here a little bit but i i hope it applies there was a time where we just knew that everybody, somebody was praying for everybody. Everybody had a grandma or a grandpa or a mom, somebody. But everybody had somebody to pray for them, right? I was just thinking, I, I'm not sure that's the case today. 
I'm not sure that that's the situation, that everyone has someone that's interceding to the Lord for them. So we're like, you know what? Our church, we're going to be praying for people. There's no one in our town that won't be prayed for because we're going to claim that town and we're going to pray for. So we would have people, and then, you know, we usually do it in the, in the, you know, when the weather was nice, and these teams would walk by and they'd pray for, they'd pray for a house. God bless that house. And by bless, it's still for, you know, bless their body physically, bless their labor, their jobs, their situation, the emotional, the spiritual, and the social, all of those things. We pray and we bless. And it was amazing when we would be going through this and do this, there were actually like miracles that happened in our church. I had to get ready because, I mean, God did some amazing things. The, the phone in the church started ringing. <laughs> and I mean, I'd answer the phone, hello? Church of the Nazarene, this is Pastor Dave. And someone would begin to just, hey, you don't know me, and um, but, but this is going on in my life. I just, I just needed some, some help, and you know, would your church, whatever? And I'm like, and I'd ask them, what? Can I ask you why you're calling here? Can I ask you why you're calling? All I can say is I just feel like there's something inside of me that I just need to reach out to someone, to a church. We have people starting to come to our church, and they'd come in and be like, oh, welcome. Hey, did somebody invite you to church? Did someone? Um, no, I, I, just, I just needed, I, I thought I needed the Lord. And, and here I am. You know where all that came from? It came from by the Spirit of God, by connecting with God, and not just kind of, you know, whatever, but it's engaging with God, and the light, the light of the Spirit begins to make a difference. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord can do anything. He can do anything in your life. I don't know what you as, as a person might be dealing with. But the answer isn't trying harder. The answer isn't some kind of, it's the spirit of God. You know, we believe, we believe that, and the Bible teaches it. I mean, God forgives us of our sins. We know that. I mean, we celebrated communion last week, and we know that, that God forgives all of our sins. But God does more than that. There's something after we're forgiven of our sins. We call it entire sanctification because God cleanses us. People, people believe this in different ways. Some people believe, you know, the, Jesus is my Savior, but he's also my Lord. And we talk about those things. You know, I, 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 I give God my everything. And that's what happens in sanctification. God, does, God forgives us of our sins, but he, he cleanses us of our sinfulness. He sanctifies us completely through and through, and he changes who we are. He takes the steering wheel of our life. We give that to him, and he makes us different. I don't know if you remember that time in your life. For, for me, I, I was actually a, a young person, I mean a teenager. And I had heard this preached in my church over and over and over. And I knew that, that I had asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, but there were still things about me that, that I didn't like about myself. I'm, you know, and I'm a teenager, and it's not like I'm out robbing banks or killing people or anything like that. But you know what? I don't like myself. I don't like how I treat people. I don't like my temper. I don't like all of this kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, God, you know, can you make me different? I don't think that this is the kind of person you want me to be. 
And I know that I, I can ask you to forgive me of my sins and you do that, but I, I want you to change me and make me into a different person. Can you do that, God? We had had an altar call. And as a young person, I remember coming up to the altar and, and I'm praying, you know, I don't understand all this, Lord. I don't understand this. I just know the preacher is telling me that you can change me and make me different. Through the whole, I don't even know what all that means. I just know I want that. I want to be different. And I pray, and, and I think I'm waiting for some, you know, I'm waiting for the ceiling just to like, see, see a vision like this, you know. Give me a sign, Lord, with, with, with doves fly in, with something. And I'm praying, and this older man is praying with me. And he said, Dave, you know, did God answer your prayers? I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't feel anything. Well, let's pray some more. And we pray, and he asked me again, Dave, do you think God answered your prayer? I still, I don't feel anything. And he says, well, are you really sincere in what you pray? I mean, do you really want God to do this for you? Yeah, I do. Um, do you believe God can do this? Yeah, I, I believe it. And he said, well, Dave, sometimes it's not about a feeling. You know, God, God does powerful things within us, and there's not always this incredible feeling but that doesn't mean that god didn't do something because you're asking him to change you not give you a feeling maybe he'll confirm this for you and i got up and again as a as a teen i was confused i'm like i don't know what this guy's talking about but later in that week i remember being at school and something happened and I know that before that Sunday, that Sunday where I prayed, I knew what I'd have done. I'd have lost my temper and I'd have, you know, I'd have yelled and I'd have whatever. I'd have just, that's who I was and who I didn't want to be. But later in that week, when that event happened, there, there was this calmness and kind of this peace that was in me. And I didn't behave in any way like I used to. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, Dave, I've answered your prayer. I've done this for you. The, what you need for confirmation isn't, you know, clouds and rainbows. And, this is the confirmation. It's, it's the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things. And it's true in your life. And I've given these to you. See, that's the, the trees. That's the oil that comes. And there will never be light in your life personally for us as a church if we don't seek the Spirit and if we don't trust the Spirit. It's not by might or power. It's not by trying harder. It's not by stuff. It's by the Spirit of God who wants to come. Now one, one last thing and I'm done, friends. Because a really powerful message that came from Zechariah and Haggai was it was really one of these where, where's your priority because what they did what those people is they they had with the temple and all of these things they're like we'll get around to that we'll get around to that we'll get around to that we'll this but as long as as god was down the list in their priorities their lives were never going to change god needed to be what first first 
That was the message of these prophets. You need to rebuild that temple. You need to be serious about the presence of God. And until you make the presence of God first, all these other things will never fall into place. You remember when Jesus said that? Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. You know, it's, it's not that Jesus says, oh, all these things, who cares? It's not important. It's what, no, he understands that life, life matters. But life is always going to be kind of a mess until we seek him first. It's a priority issue. It's a sequence issue. It's a, and for us as a church, it's like, oh, you know, we, if we just had a pastor, if we just had this, if we just had this, if we did, those are not the things that come first, friends. You know what comes first? God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you as we, as we, as we live our lives as individuals and we live our lives as a congregation, Put Christ first. Seek after him. Let the oil of his spirit flow. And then I promise you the light, we can be the light of the world. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.